Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. call me blood's not running to the right place. I'll, I'll do the clap next week, don't worry. Um, I'll get a clapper board. No, I ju- yeah, I just heard that, yeah. <laughs> I just heard that Andy Cohen, who is like the head of Bravo, you know, my favourite channel in the world. Oh, yeah. Has been on Meghan Markle's podcast. Oh, right. And um, that's a match made in heaven to me mm. because of my love of all things Bravo. Mm-hmm. So Bravo, DK, mm. um, would probably be the channel that you would... I don't know you well enough to know that you would hate it, but it's it's the channel. <laughs> it's, a good guess, though. it's the channel that when I go to America, before I do anything, As we, got we we get into the hotel room if we're staying in a hotel, and I have to see that the hotel has Bravo. And do you remember there it's was one, there was one hotel we went to and a B day, and it was um and it was uh, the B day wouldn't be a deal breaker, but, oh, right. but uh, okay. we went to a hotel and it was a really lovely hotel on Sunset, the Mondrian. Yeah, the Mondrian, yeah. You know, really flash hotel, DK. Gorgeous. We got this really good deal there. And um, it didn't have Bravo. And do you remember I wanted to move out? Mm. And something happened and they came and found it for us or something. Yeah. But it was one of my joys of going to America is watching more Real Housewives, even though I have the app to do it because of my obsession with the Real Housewives. Even though what Meghan Markle says on this podcast to Andy Cohen, apparently is that the reason she was a big Housewives fan, particularly Orange County, which is one of my favourites. Wasn't she in it? What was, what was No, she no, in? no, no. She was in Suits. Oh. oh, no, she wasn't a reality. She's a very good actress, Meghan Markle. I am a Meghan supporter. I'm in the minority on my show, on Loose Women. Not my show, on the show that I do. Um, I'm in the minority. I um, I will... I don't know. I have no skin in the Meghan Markle game. I don't know her. I've never met her. Nor I've met several members of the royal family. I've never met Harry. But I am totally and utterly behind their decision to do what they've done. I think they get an absolute raw deal. And um, so I'm quite fascinated um, by what she's doing and, 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 and stuff. Interestingly enough, I haven't listened to her podcast. I think what I'm interested in is the treatment she gets and what's happened mm, to her, mm. rather than... My wife feels the same way. Oh, good. I'm glad she does, mm. because I think it's a disgrace. And I'm, I'm horrified by the way she's been treated by the media in this country. Absolutely disgusted. And I think that um, 
If I was Harry, I would have done exactly the same thing, which is to get his wife out of it. And I, and I cannot believe that more people don't. You know, with what he went through with his mother, being forced to walk behind his mother's coffin after what happened. Um, we don't know that, that he was forced, oh no, we, we? Oh, no, we do know that. And I'll tell you why we know that. We know it from the horse's bloody mouth. And those people who've heard this story, I apologise because I've said it on Loose Women before. I was at a dinner with Prince Andrew and it was um, not long after um, Princess Diana died. And I was at a dinner on behalf of the Western Spirit Charity, which I have talked about before, that Simon Weston, our, um, my dear friend, um, formed when he um, uh, had been through everything he'd been through with the Falklands. Because with Simon, he had been going down the wrong road before he joined the Navy and what happened to him in the Falklands. And so when he came out, a different man, obviously hugely physically a different man because of the, um, the, the, the Burns atrocities that he suffered, he decided he was going to form a charity to help kids that were going off the rails to see if he could get them back on the rails. And at one point we had a 100% rate of non-reoffending because of the programs that they were sent on. It was something very, very special to me at the time. We were invited to the Lord Mayor's, Mayor's house in Newcastle after a trip on the Royal Yacht Britannia that was moored up there. Moored? Is that what you say about a boat? Anyway, it was mm, there in the time. Moored, yeah. It was in the time. We went and had a look. And then we there was about 30 of us. And um, I was sat opposite um, Rob Andrew, a sportsman. Is he a cricketer or a rugby player? I don't know. Pathetic. But anyway, Rob Andrew. Former time, sorry. Don't yeah. look at me, guys. Yeah. And uh, Andrew hadn't arrived, but we decided that I had been desperately affected by Princess Diana's death in a way that completely bamboozled me. It's the first person that I didn't know whose death affected me so, so terribly, as I know it did to many people. And um, anyway... I'm trying to sort of praise this this story. And so we decided, the group of us that were already sat at the table before Prince Andrew arrived, that we weren't going to talk about Princess Diana. It was going to be very raw to him. We all knew the stories that he had been a friend of Diana's way before Charles was, from when they were little children, they grew up together. Um, they sort of lived next door to each other, you know, as children. There was a very close bond between Andrew and Diana that we'd all been led to believe existed and whatever. Anyway, Andrew arrived. He was sat but one person away from me. And um, he brought up Diana. And it was a shock to me because the way he was talking about her was not very respectful, in my opinion. And at the time, I had had a couple of sherries. And I decided that I wanted to talk to him about things that he was saying. And I said something about my love for her. And he said, oh, you, you, you bought hook, line and sinker, Denise, because we all had our name badges on. And so he made a point of saying my name, you know, by looking at my name badge. And he said, um, oh, Denise, you, you bought hook, line and sinker clearly into the Thorpe Park Princess which is, I knew immediately he meant, you know, the vision we see of, of her at Thorpe Park with the kids on the rides and, you know, and all of those type of things. And, um, and, I, and I said to him, can I just ask you as a mum, 
um, who's, who's, who, whose idea was it to go into a room in the morning and tell two children that their mom had died and then make them go to church two hours later? And he said, it's protocol. And I said, but I can't imagine anything worse than a young child hearing that and then being forced to go on the public show. And similarly, um, walking behind, you know, a, a coffin in public show of everything while going through such grief. And he said these words to me. He said, Prince William, the elder, Prince William was more upset about not going on tour with his father to South Africa than he was when he heard his mother had died. And that's the words he said to me. And I swear that he said those words to me. And I was absolutely horrified. And I felt very strongly then, as I do now, that she was a thorn in the side to many members of that royal family. And I would never say something so publicly if I hadn't heard it from the horse's mouth. Um, and so whenever I see the Harry Meghan story playing out, I remember being in a room with someone who was meant to be a, a close friend of hers, who pretty much admitted that he said that to me, to me, a person that he'd met barely an hour before, a member of the public to him. And, um, and I made my point that I thought it was very, very inappropriate to talk like this about her. And as he left, he walked around the table. My ex-husband was at the very far end of the table who had been making sort of these signs to me as he saw me getting more animated. And Prince Andrew left, not because of that, but when it was his time to leave, he walked around, put his hand on my ex-husband's shoulder and said, rather you than me, sir. So you can imagine, you can imagine. So I've always felt very strongly that Harry's done the right thing with Meghan. Anyway, I've gone very into the royal family there. My point was, is that she was a big Real Housewives fan. Mm. And, um, and that's why you like Bravo. That's why. Did no, I love some of the Real Housewives. No, I've got the, obsessed. No, with... we were in LA. We were in LA. We went to that. We went to the. What to the? Was it what? What border? Was the? What border we go to? We saw them in the. In the, they're all st waiting to go in. No, that was the bloody Glad Awards. I got friendly with all of the. It's so pathetic, DK, that as an actress, I get sometimes more excited about meeting one of my reality people than I would if I met some great big huge acting star. And I, and and I. I, I, I want to question why the, the power of reality television is like that. But it's so utterly ridiculous. And and I, I'm friends now with some people in these Bravo shows because of my, when we went to the Greek, the outdoor theater in Los Angeles several years ago to see Matty, when he was just starting to get big in America, we go to this sort of after show area and Matthew's absolutely knackered, you know, and there's a lot of famous people there that I recognize. But the person that I made a beeline for was Sheena from Vanderpump Rules. Now, any reality people listening to this and people who like me, there probably will be a lot of reality show people because they know they share my obsession in it. And I went running over to her, bashing other famous people out of the way <coughs> went, Oh my God, Sheena, Vanderpump Rules. The reason she was there was because her mom, Erica, 
was a big fan of the 1975. Her mum was. was. Her yeah, mom. she's a very young mum, but she but she was. She had introduced Sheena to the 1975 and um, Sheena had become obsessed with them and that's why she was there. So, of course, we exchanged numbers and then I've become friends with her mom, and I got them onto the guest list this time that Matty was there. And subsequently, another of my absolute favorite shows, I bet if you did two episodes of it, you'd be into it. It's called Below Deck. And I have the. I bet he wouldn't. I have the. I have the Hey You app. Yeah, but it's the minutiae oh. of people's lives yeah. that you become interested well, yeah, in. Of course, I get it. And so I have an app on my phone called Hey You, H A Y U, and it's where you get all of the reality shows the day after they air in America. Sponsored whereas, by Hey whereas, You. Whereas when you when you watch them on television, on TLC or whatever they're on, they're like seasons after they've come out on the telly. So Below Deck is somewhere on the telly at the moment, but it's like seasons away. Um, anyway, some of the cast of Below Deck, because it's it's all about the people below deck on super yachts and the chaos of their lives, the chaos of running a yacht, the chaos of their love lives. I love a super yacht. It's just, it's just, and, and also the, the passengers who go on the yachts get to get a discount price if they go on while the cameras are there. But, and it's a huge discount, but what they what they have to do is that they sign up that if they make an ass of themselves legless, that will be on the television. Although the show is not about the guests, yeah. but obviously they're not going to miss some major thing that sure. happens. And also, subsequently, they also have to sign up to the fact that the crew will be talking about them behind their backs. Right. This is why they get you know, something that would cost 90000 for three days down to 30000 for three days. That's mm. what they buy into. Many of them, of course, hope they're not going to misbehave and then hugely do and lose their jobs and everything. It's all so fascinating. But as a result of this, I had followed a couple of the British members of the crew on Instagram, forgetting that they might be quite excited that they're because they're British, that I followed them. They then follow me back and now we've become friends. So now I'm building up my lovely little Bravo group of pals and I'm so like, when, like a when, picking when's your shit. Mm? When's your booking for the yacht? Well, I don't know. I would quite like to go on the... Oh, yes. But, yeah, but we she don't said, know them. You say they're friends. But I actually, it wouldn't be them. this... No. I'm I, friends? No, they are... Oh, fr- right. I love my Bravo pals because I'm fascinated by their lives and they seem to be fascinated by, okay, by so me. We, we have meandered perfectly into the question that I wanted to ask Ooh, you guys. Okay. I don't know how you've managed it, but it's an absolute natural segue. But my question was, where did your fascination with true crime come from? Because ah. that's a reality crime. Because my wife just started watching, she's just finished the first season of Dr. Foster. Quite an old show, but... Ah, but we're not interested in drama I crimes. know you're not, but that's what we're interested in. We love it. We're, she's just finished Luther, which I, I watched quite a few years ago. And... Um, Broadchurch is something we've just just hammered as Never well. Never watched Broadchurch. But I, I watched, um, what was it, Making a Murderer? What was it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't get into it. What? I couldn't get into it. And I know you were fascinated because that's the first time I found out that you guys were into true crime. You see, to me, that, oh, is, you know. that is incomprehensible to me that you could not be. Do you know what? I watched 14 episodes of Making a Murderer and went for one wee. Yeah, if I'd had, like if I'd had, sitting. if I'd had a bedpan, it would have been an easier situation. Uh, we are, we. I mean, we are always hunting. We're hunting. It's a crime. There's not more to a crime. <laughs> yeah. 
And we, you know, we, we need true crime. Is there a, there's know, a channel, is there? True crime channel? Oh, there's yeah, loads yeah, yeah, of true crime channels, crime but they're not channels. coming up I mean, with the goods at the moment. There's, a, there's some really so, good Datelines in America, but they don't play either here. Dateline is what's our... Dateline? When, Dateline? Dateline is our favourite show. We have no idea why it's called Dateline, but okay. it's an incredibly famous show in America. Um, one hour, real life crimes. Fronted by many people, but the most famous is Keith Morris. And Keith, have you <laughs> never seen, heard of him? But you oh my god, have you yeah. seen a thing called The Thing About Pam with Renee Zellweger? No. Right. Well, it, you got to watch that. This That's is good. a combination of the two because there was a docu- there was a, a Dateline years ago called The Thing About Pam about this con woman murderer called Pam. Right. And um, we watched it on Dateline with Keith Morrison's amazing. Um, um, he, he's on screen as well, but a lot of it is voiceover. He just has a way of. When I say lightening it, it doesn't diminish the severity of the crime, but he has a way of making it an entertainment show as mm. well. And he's very well known in, in, in America. He also has a Dateline podcast now. But we watched this one called The Thing About Pam, and we both watched it and said, that will be a drama one day. Yep. You know, you just knew. Yep. And now it is mm-hmm. a, a, a drama series starring Renee Zellweger, who is brilliant in it. But it's also voiced, and a lot of voiceover is with Keith Morrison. So you've got to give that a try because you've got you the You want to combat. watch the drama one or the well, real no, one? Well, no. I think you should – if you're more into the drama, you, you should watch the Renee Zellweger one. Yeah. But then you've also got Keith Morrison, so it might lure you away to Keith Morrison's other Dateline. Oh, Check right. out Dateline. There are some on so the Gateway, a gateway drug. We go to, it's a gateway drug, gateway. yeah. We go to America, and there was once – we lay in our normal configuration, which is on our sofa, which is we've got one of got like an L-shaped like an L-shaped sofa. sofa where I lie if I if I manage to beat Lincoln to it on the sort of long <laughs> bit and he sits on the other bit. And we once flew to Los Angeles and we were staying at my godparents who have an L-shaped sofa. We exactly. literally walked in the door, dropped our bags, picked up the configuration of where we'd left in the UK and put Dateline on. And we just literally got a plane for 10 hours to see if there was more Datelines on. Um, New York in the hotel disappointed us because we were just had hotel television yeah. and there just wasn't NBC, enough going on. Not as much with regards to covering of the Datelines. But no we go to lines. America and there's like, you know, 90 episodes of oh, things yeah. that have never come here on Hulu. And it's sometimes we have so many friends to see and so much of a social life out there because I'm much more social in America, much more social. Um and um, probably to do with just the weather and the vibe. And I, I don't know, but I'm much more up for going out. But sometimes we have to force ourselves, don't we? Because we've, mm. there's so much crime on. Mm. I don't know. It's funny though, DK, because I prefer American crime, oh, real I life crime. Yeah. And I wonder if that's because when I watch British crime, it's it's not done as well a lot of the time, but it's, sometimes too close to home. Mm. But I was so proud of myself when I got a series off the ground with um, a guy called Steve Regan at Hello Mary Productions. If you remember a couple of years ago, through pandemic times, we got a show commission called Survivors because I am fascinated by the people who commit the crimes. Most people are, especially serial killers, you know, who are in, who've got an incredible story. They can be incredibly charismatic and we're fascinated by them. And that's who we mostly hear about. But I was very aware that we don't spend enough time concentrating on the people who survive real life crime. 
and who have chosen not to be a victim of real-life crime, but a survivor. And I think it's quite different. It's, again, a mindset, your word. So I was very fortunate to be able to do this series um, for the Crime and Investigation Channel. And I remember it coming on television with Denise Welsh, Survivors Crime and Investigation Channel. And it's the first time you've said, I am so jealous of something that you've done, Lincoln's face, when it said my name and the Crime and Investigation Channel. No. wasn't it but that was yeah. a really fascinating um show to do mm. it was a, and because i do talk so much it really was an exercise in listening because i was so genuinely fascinated in the stories of these people and how they had overcome such adversity um it and does it does seem to be though that there's there's not enough of um of the story of the person that survives in the whole sort of general no, there isn't genre of crime. It's always there's always the st the star in a, in I'm doing inverted commas. The star of the show is obviously the murderer or the well, yeah, because especially when you talk, I love the way the that this was going to be a light-hearted podcast. You know, and we're talking about serial yeah. killers. This was going to be a light-hearted one, but you've got people like Ted Bundy, one of the most well-known serial killers, one of the most fascinating serial killers. And he is. You know, another thing that's fascinating was the huge fan base of adoring women. What's the fascination for you guys? What's the fascination with Ted Bundy, Denise? What's the fascination with Francis Bacon and his, his demons, Lincoln? Well, the fascination with Ted Bundy is that he was an incredibly good-looking, charismatic man who kept very intelligent, mm. lawyer, yeah. who came over if you didn't know what he did as somebody that you would be very interested in getting to know. There was no doubt that he had a sexual appeal. And of course, for someone like me, that ends the minute you know what he's done. But to a lot of women, it didn't. I mean, that court was full of weird women, mm. you know, and... Um, so you're interested I mean, in people with... Now. Still now, there's there's yeah. there's there's, there's serial yeah. killers behind bars. They endlessly get. I think it's the psychology. It's, they end up marrying women. Yeah, don't they? They it's the it's married. the psychology for me, DK. Of, it's the psychology yeah. of how someone mm. can come over as normal as Ted Bundy did, in interviews and stuff, and do the heinous crimes that he committed, and especially someone like him, who killed for pleasure and fun. You've got people like Jeffrey Dahmer, another fascinating study. There's just been the Netflix series Dahmer on there. But I've seen every single documentary about Jeffrey Dahmer. That is, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, but that yeah. is, that isn't, but, but he's a different type because Jeffrey Dahmer killed because of his desperate loneliness and desperate fear of abandonment. It doesn't mean I'm condoning what Jeffrey Dahmer did, but there's a big difference psychologically about Ted Bundy, who killed because he enjoyed the act of killing, to Jeffrey Dahmer, who who didn't, but he couldn't bear these people leaving him. So I'm just fascinating in I'm fascinated in psychology. So I think that the true crime aspect just feeds that side of me that would love to have probably been some kind of forensic scientist, or if I'd been academically clever enough, I would have. So you want to understand it? I want to it. understand it. Yeah, it's not that I, I, yeah, I it's not that I get, why do? do they do that? That for me is very much what it's about. 
Why do they do that? You know, I mean, it's like the BTK killer as well, the, the bind, torture, kill. Incredible. This guy, what is, was he? A Dennis, pastor? Dennis Rader. Wasn't it? Wasn't he? Was it? He was. He, he was. He was. A, he, he was the church warden of a church in 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 Southern America for years and years and years and years and years. Years. A, a beacon of the community, and he was the bind, torture, kill serial killer and when you see him dk when he was caught after 30 years and you once he was caught he always said the day i'm caught i will admit to the day does. i am the day everything. i am caught and i am in court i will admit to everything i will give you every detail he toyed with the police for years he'd go years before another kill and and he when he was in court he's there He's every every person's dad. He's the he's the pillar of the community, and he talks about his crimes as if he's talking about going to the shops to get a loaf of bread. And it is terrifying, but it is compelling and fascinating to me because I think forensic psychology of sorts would have been something that I would have probably been good at if I had been academically clever enough. And I think that's where, for me, it it com it comes from the, fa the fascination in the in the why of the crime. I mean, another case in point is a very recent case, 2019. We were in Barbados, our favourite place to go. He knows the year. Yeah, we were in Barbados when Chris Watts, mm. the American guy, mm. killed his family. You you don't know about this case. Never heard of it. Unbelievable to me. We were watching every single... We would get into bed by half past eight at night. It wasn't, it wasn't like mainstream. It wasn't yet. like mainstream at the time. And we would be in bed by half past eight, devouring every aspect of it. So you've got a oh, guy called Chris really? Watts. Again, the perfect family unit, the really good-looking guy who had been a little bit overweight uh, growing up and, and one of those people who had sort of suddenly found fitness and, you know, changed from being a very normal run-of-the-mill guy into really quite a super fit, very attractive looking man, his really beautiful wife, his two children. And he, he rang the police one day. So it started with the police cam footage of the police arriving at the house we were watching it almost in real time develop. Her friend, her friend rang the police and he raced home. Her friend rang the police. She went said, to the, the wife, house. The husband's No, so the friend, friend. No, the friend couldn't yeah. con the, she, So the girl. He didn't phone the, the no, police. No, the wife. The wife had been away on a business trip for a couple of days. Okay. The best friend was expecting her at some sort of mum and, yeah. and toddlers type of group yeah. and she hadn't turned up. So the friend had driven to the house seen the station wagon there and no answer at the door and knew this knew her friend so well that she thought there's something not right here yep. so she phoned the police to do a welfare check the police came but they couldn't enter the house because they didn't have the warrant to do so so they rang chris watts who drove 40 minutes from his thing and you see this guy arriving in real time in real time cam, body quite, cam. quite frantic can't get in touch with his wife. They go into the house. He's going, oh my God, what's going on? And they find the, you know, the usual, the bag, the keys, the, the mobile phone. And he's saying, oh, she, you know, um, I think she was going to go and take the kids and stay somewhere. And the friend is going, 
this is a rabbit off here, as they say in Newcastle. There's something wrong here. She would not have done this. But he, by all accounts, is being totally believable. Well, as, I don't know. Well, not to my only, trained eyes. Oh, God, not to no, Detective I know Lincoln. I said. There's no way. Because what happened was then they went uh, next doors because the neighbour came out. He went next doors. And the neighbour had, a, had, a, had one of those ring bells, you know, the, the, the cameras doorbells. on the bell. And he wanted to then go into there and the look on his face when the guy watching next, the television because he knows it's going to no, come No, the up. guy next door said to the police, the guy next door comes into Chris Watts' house when the police are there and he says, oh, um, I've, got, I've got CCTV footage of the... And you see oh, the colour drain out incredible. of Chris Watts' face. You've got to see this one, DK. And basically, um, he'd been having an affair Chris, Chris Watts had. had been having an affair. His wife was pregnant with their third child. But when I say he was a great dad, he was a great dad. You know, he had been a great dad to these to these children. He was the dad that, you know, years of footage of the little kids putting bows in his hair and, and playing, you know, like, like dad like you're a dad, dad like he was. His wife was pregnant with their third we believe the mistress had more to do with it, but he would never say one bad word about the mistress. I don't believe the mistress killed the children. She didn't. But we think the mistress's influence on him was such. He'd got into a lot of financial problems. He'd fallen in love with the girl. And basically, we think she had persuaded him to, if you eliminate your family... Because he was thinking, well, we, he yeah. wanted he wanted a divorce. I'm not sure we know that. Then, he, but... No, but he wanted it. This is just my opinion. Oh. He wanted a divorce. But if he'd had a divorce, he would have still had to pay for the two children and the one on the way. And this is obviously what he didn't want to do. And she got back this night. He strangled her. And he killed his two children. And drove out to this plant near where he worked. Well, it was where he worked. He put them in. He, he used to look after the oil fields with the oil rigs things in, in there. And he chucked the kids into the oil rigs and buried her in the ground. And then thought nothing of it, basically. Because when he come back round again, he wasn't expecting the mate to be there saying, oh, I can't find her. It's really out of her character to not answer the door or come, it's to, an come around and see me. It's, it's an, an unbelievable, unbelievable story. story. But again, I think what it is with these people, it's the... It's the what goes on from having this normal life. Okay, a few problems in the marriage. We all have those. But the, to be able to do something as heinous, because that's the worst thing you can do. And I just think I'm... It's human psychology. It's behavior. I'm just absolutely fascinated um, by it. All these stories. The only thing is with these stories, they always have a point. Do you know what I don't like? I don't like it when it's called unsolved. Oh no, he we hate unsolved. unsolved. Yeah. Why would I want to sit for for six episodes of something that's unsolved? Yeah, and there are loads of series called unsolved, and we think, what's the point? Commissioners Solve around it. the world. Commissioners around the world uh, got, got someone come in and see it, right? Yeah, okay. What is it? Oh, it's about. Um, it's called Oh Chicago Unsolved. Not interested. Chicago solved. I'm interested. Yeah, but the other thing as well is because we found a series called it, Solved. When you start watching it. Well, even when you start watching the ones that are solved, sometimes they'll come up and they'll go, yeah, the killer did this, the killer did that. Oh, and by the way, we caught him and now he's away forever. Now you can watch the story. Why tell us everything? Oh, God, that's what the we trailer. hate. What do you mean? And also the trailers now of films. Have you noticed the trailers of films? Yeah, we've talked there is, about this. There is no point I can't watch them. going to the cinema now. Because you see, I, I was in there. They do it on, on the Bake Off. 
Always. They show you the whole yeah, episode. Yeah, the whole thing. In, in 30 seconds. I don't watch it. Mel and I fast forward. Well, that's what I've started doing now. Even in my reality shows, there's a cliffhanger and then they show you the beginning of what happens next week. And there's no cliffhanger anymore because you've seen what happens. It's absolutely crazy. You've got a theory, though. You've got a theory about this, haven't you? Well, it's key, it, keys, it keys you into going once in a while. You've met producers who have told you why they're doing this. Yeah, the, the whole thing is, is, that, is that with regards to looking at, you know, they're going to... It was that what they said to Attention about spans. Unbreakable. It's like saying, show them, that show them. They want to see the build-up to that clip. They want you to know it's, you know what I mean? Like, they want to know that we jumped off the bungee, so they show it, and then we... It's, it's, it's the TikTok mentality. If you don't capture the attention of the audience within the first 20 seconds, you won't get them. You won't get it. I just find it frustrating. I was in the Horrible. cinema not long ago, and I love going to the cinema, the Rex Cinema in Wilmslow, you know, the lovely old cinemas. Oh, you know, I, with, with, with the that, sofas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh it's gorgeous. Rex. Have you not been? No, I've not been to Oh, the it's Rex, lovely, no. DK. You just, you take your drink in, you're on your lovely sofas and it's absolutely gorgeous. And I love, I love going there and I, and, and I, I love people supporting their local, local cinema and theatre, of course I do. And it used to be a theatre for a while because my friend did drop your knickers and cry murder there or whatever she did. But anyway, um, wonderful cinema. And there was a clip for the, the George Clooney, um, uh, uh, romantic comedy with can't remember the romantic Sounds comedy actress anyway whatever no it was lovely but there was no point in me going to see it because I'd basically seen the whole film I'd basically seen the whole film in the seven minute trailer and I just think it's totally ridiculous anyway oh, the I've, other thing is though let me just find something I've got an interview we are with the Guardian. Need to put at the beginning of this episode that there's spoilers involved in any of these crime shows that we've actually been talking about because obviously the best one of all is Robert Durst in the jinx the jinx the jinx you haven't seen the jinx no you've mentioned oh my god oh, GK. The best ever but obviously if we did talk about it, there would be loads of spoilers but what i will say is what where can i see that yahoo hoo hoo hey, hey oh any of them i think it's on sky you it's on, I mean, it's, you're just you Scott, just google where can i watch the jinx it's, it's on one of them amazing it's a six-parter and you will be what's his name jiraki what's his name andrew jiraki andrew jiraki He's the, he's the director. And Andrew... Right, you know, oh, my God. And we love him. But Andrew Jarecki also, prior to doing The Jinx, directed a documentary called Capturing the Freedmen. Oh, yeah, and this is one. what happened with this, right? So, Andrew Jarecki was a young filmmaker and he wanted a topic to make his first... Um, uh, uh, I, I'm sort of probably paraphrasing his story, but this is the gist of Andrew Jarecki. Young filmmaker wanted to make a, a, a documentary film in New York. And in New York at the time, maybe now, birthday clowns are a big thing, which is that you book a birthday clown Scary. who knocks on the door and comes to your kid's birthday. My kid, Matthew, would have freaked the fuck out because he was so terrified of clowns. But anyway, there was this guy called um, David, what was he called? Friedman. No, David Friedman. Friedman. Yeah. So there was this guy called David Friedman, who was the number one birthday clown in New York. Don't know why. He was obviously just very good at birthday clowning. And so Andrew Jarecki decided to make a documentary about David Friedman being the number one birthday clown in America. And what was the thing about it? Whilst he was filming, David Friedman's father and brother were accused of sexually assaulting their piano um, students. His dad was a piano teacher. And somehow he persuaded David Friedman to let him follow this story. So this story that started with following this innocuous birthday clown became this story called Capturing the Friedmans. It's a one hour, 40 minute documentary and it's absolutely fucking brilliant. And as a result of that, he made the jinx. 
And again, fortuitous storytelling resulted in the outcome oh, of the jinx. Incredible. Unbelievable. Incredible. Lincoln must have seen it nine times. Ninety. <laughs> Don't give us the spoilers. I'll watch it. But I'll anyway, I've now got to do an interview for The Guardian about my favourite records. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, Desert Island Guardian. It's sort Am of I like, uh, uh, no, you're not, in, you're not involved oh. in that. No, oh. no, you're not involved in it. Um, so that was going to be a very frivolous, light-hearted, 35-minute Jokes Akimbo podcast, which came about some terrible murders. Yeah. We love the life. But I, but I could life. talk about... We could talk about true crime, crime all day. day. that as a recurring yeah. theme. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll give you a feedback episode after I've watched The Jinx. Please, we'll please do. Oh, and, and we'd love well, to hear. We'd, we'd love to we'd hear any absolutely other love watch. to hear. We, we, Recommendations. We, we would Denise be Lincoln. surprised if, you know, you'll come up with making a murderer and the staircase and all of these type of things. We, we've seen. Now, that's another one, DK. There is the real life, the staircase, right, about, um, about Michael Peterson. Mm. There is the real life series, The Staircase. Then there is the fictitious drama that Mel might prefer, played by Colin Firth. Oh yeah, it is um, very good, and that's also very good. Very good. Wasn't that, that was the, the podcast? Wasn't there real life? Yeah, there would have been a podcast what was about the, one? the staircase. Yeah. No, no, as no, well. but no, but before making a murderer, like a couple of years before, there was the podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Serial. Serial. Serial started Isn't the whole thing. Isn't that what kicked it all off? Yeah, it is. Serial started the whole thing. No, I didn't because I'm not a you're not into podcast pocket. No, I know, to. but I thought I wonder if Serial's the one that she might have listened to. No, well, we will now. We're right now. up your street. Um, we'll listen to that in Barbados. Yeah, that was the that was the thing that spawned the sort of the, the, the true genre, crime yeah. genre, wasn't mm -hmm. it? But um anyway, over and out. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.